Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm right here. It's my time to be the voice you're listening to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Well, firstly, may I congratulate you on your parking this morning. I looked out of my window about 10 minutes before you were due to arrive and I, I saw there was a space between, it was between two cars. Yeah. And I thought, g- given last week when I watched you try to get into a space, I thought, I'm not sure she's going to be able to manage this. So the, the space, I would say, was probably like, you could just about fit in it uh, an 18-wheel articulated <laughs> lorry. And I thought, I wonder if we'll have a repeat of last week where Annabelle will try and, and uh, uh, reverse into the space mm. and then give up and end up driving around the block. But yeah, no, you yeah. did it. I, I glided into it. You did. You moved into it, like, to use a very obscure reference, Automan. Do you remember Automan? No, nope, and I'm glad I don't. <laughs> I'm going to assume that he just glided everywhere majestically. Yeah, very, very, like, very much so. Like yeah. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just to be honest, I just wanted to say Automan right. because I'm pretty sure that I will be the only person who remembers Automan yeah. out of everybody who listens. It was Automan who was a computer simulated man, I'm guessing late 80s, with his sidekick Cursor. Cursor. <laughs> cursor. Oh, how modern! <laughs> just, as, oh. just as computers were starting to become a thing, yeah. you know, some American TV network thought, "Well, we oh. better have a, uh, a, a computer-generated man." And of course, this was the '80s, so he wasn't really computer-generated. Right? I think he probably had something under his collar that was akin to a glow stick. <laughs> that makes sort of suggested. <laughs> something electronic was going on underneath, oh, right, right. and and cursor really was just a light that followed him around. <laughs> Cursor, yeah. I love Cursor. Well, I'll be looking that up tonight. Looking Do yeah, tonight, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and, and, and you know, I will point out here that I can't drive. No, yes. So yeah. <laughs> you know, you can judge me though. I don't care. It's it is quite very. What was funny last week was looking watching you contemplate the space, which admittedly last week it wasn't lorry size. It was only about as big as three vans. No, it was car size. It was not car size. It was car size. And well, would, it was I a would... stretch stretch limo. If a car is a stretch limo, <laughs> then it was. I would have had to have parallel parked, and I just bottled. Oh, up. is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I just want to drive in. Okay, yeah. No, mm. it's 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 all fine. Mm. Um, let let me ask you this question: If you're Making yourself uh, a piece of toast. Yeah. Which I do a lot. So toast and marmite. Yeah, okay, yeah. What, do you not like toast and marmite? No, peanut butter. You used to go peanut butter and marmite. Yeah, I find, you're not going to like this. I find peanut um, marmite makes me very ratty. 
Oh, God. It does. It makes me very, very irritable. So Marmite changes your mood. I think it's because it's quite salty. It makes me quite ratty. Uh, I don't know if we have any scientists listening <laughs> to this who know about the... <laughs> I'd be interested to know wh- whether it's psychosomatic or not. I did an, uh, a programme recently and one of the items we covered in it was the fact, I think I told you last week, mm. um, that I think 50%, maybe more of allergies people believe they have or reactions mm. people believe they have to, oh. to food are false. They're just making them up. So I can start eating Marmite again. <laughs> good. I mean, this is good news. I mean, I love Marmite. Well, I'm thinking, you, I think what really happens is mm. you don't like Marmite, so you're a bit irritated that you've eaten something that you don't like. No, I love it. Sometimes I put a very, very, very thin smear under my peanut butter just so I can get the taste without the, without the rattiness. <laughs> rattiness? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what you are? Mm, yeah. A character. <laughs> oh, that's not You are a character. That is an insult and I know it. I know it. Okay, carry on. Where were we? Yes, toast and peanut butter. So, so, so you made yourself a slice of toast? And peanut butter. And it didn't say what was on the toast. Oh, fine, fine. It's fine what's on the toast. It's, so Someone then, had their marmite this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so then you slice it down the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. She, it, for some reason, a piece of toast is too unwieldy. <laughs> Even though we would eat a slice of pizza or other big things. Yeah. Like that. So, so then, yeah. do you eat each half individually? Yeah. Or would you sort of put one on top of the other, like a little sandwich? I would, of course, I would eat each one individually. One but why though? Why? Because I don't want to eat it like a sandwich, because then, then it's too thick. Right. It's not toast anymore, then. It's a toasted sandwich. <laughs> I want toast. What's your point? <laughs> because I, so I, 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 I don't do the thing where I compact the two good, slices okay, into one. Good, good, But I was thinking, why don't I do that? Because if I was a real sort of go-getter, yeah. and I don't know, if I had a job, job in an investment bank, maybe I'd do that because it'd oh, be over and done with quicker. Also. And what I think is it's sort of, you know, it's, it's a more luxurious way to eat the piece of toast if you eat the two halves separately. It is more. If you if I say I was in a massive hurry and mm. I was rushing out the door, I might put them together and eat it, and that's yeah. something that like a, a banker might do. Well, right? there we go. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so go. So this this is my theory mm. that a go getter. Yeah. Okay. Would either fold the toaster over, over or put the two pieces together. And maybe by folding it over, it will turn us into go-getters. Maybe, it maybe have that that's, effect. Maybe that's what's been going wrong for us all yeah. these um, decades. Yeah. Uh, what else was to talk about here? Oh, I was also thinking about my local news agent. Okay. And I genuinely think there is nobody with whom I have a worse social dynamic. Oh, really? And that is really saying something, given that this is me. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, on Saturday night, just by way of an example, I went in there... And because I've always tried to sort of have a bit of a social interaction with him, now we both feel obliged to do it. Mm. And I'm bu- what I'm buying is a big bottle of non-bio washing liquid. Okay. And he says, how are you? And I say, fine. Just uh, spending my evening doing some washing. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, And then he doesn't, yeah. doesn't react. I'm going, mm. yeah, yeah, my son's clothes, the... All dirty if I don't wash them tonight. Oh you won't have any tomorrow, so I thought I'd better get a wash on. Oh, no. Silence. Oh. So my question is, mm. how do I go back to how things used to be mm. before we both felt the, uh, the the need created by me to say, how are you? Can you go back? It's very, very hard to go back. I think you just have to ignore him. <laughs> That's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but I give it a month and you'll be there. Can I pretend I'd had a bump on the head and yeah. got a new personality? Yeah, I think you should. Time for Adrift with Annabelle Port and Jeff Lloyd. In whatever order makes sense to you, you are the one that is perceiving it. Time to hear your stories of uncomfortable social interactions 
occasions in your life where you've tried to fit in and you've thought everybody else knows what they're doing, I don't, and you've been in some way caught out or humiliated yourself, times you've had to flee, the lengths you've gone to to avoid things and so on. Uh, we were saying last week after the uh, after the Christmas break, the email inbox was looking a little light. Mm. Um the email address, by the way, is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Uh, but um, how, how's it gone over the past few days? Yeah, we've got some good ones in. Great. Are you ready? I am. Okay, so this is from Charlotte. To celebrate my 19th birthday back in June 2010, my parents treated me to a lovely dinner at Buddha Bar. We were shown to our table, ordered our cocktails, and when the waiter returned with our drinks, he was looking at me very excitedly whilst subtly motioning to the table opposite. I was confused but then realised that Kelly Rowland, of Destiny's Child fame, was sitting on the table opposite having dinner. I was a huge Destiny's Child fan and also a big fan of Kelly's first solo album, fave song, Stole. So I asked if the waiter could let Gagone say hi and he said, yes, absolutely, come with me. We walked over to her table and said hello and Kelly invited me to sit down next to her. So of course I did. At this point, I was very nervous and excited, adrenaline rush, heart beating. We started talking and she wished me a happy birthday and I told her that I was a huge Destiny's Child fan and a massive fan of hers. She offered me a drink. So far, so good. To continue the conversation, I asked her what brought her to London and stupidly offered up a couple of options, doing a show, holidays, etc. She then replied, saying she was promoting her new single. Oh, amazing, I said. When is it out? She replied, oh, it's been out a few weeks. It's uh, number one. (laughs) Pure horror and embarrassment hits me. What do I say now? I told her I was a huge fan. So I said, oh, congratulations. Uh, Thing is, um, I've just got back from uni today and we don't really have radio in Leeds. (laughs) What? (laughs) That year I had co-hosted a show on Leeds Student Radio. (laughs) We quickly left her table after some polite goodbyes. Note to self, do a little Google before boldly chatting to celebs. We don't really have radio in Leeds. She, she might not know. Like she might not know anything about Leeds. It's like one of those black spots of the UK. Yeah, the you know? Pennines. <laughs> something about the Pennines stops the signals from getting through. Charlotte, I think you got away with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. This is from Steve from the Northeast. Do you want a bit of information about Steve? Yes, please. First time emailer. Uh huh. He listens to the podcast while walking his dog at six in the morning. What's the dog called? Oh, I doesn't say. <sighs> Need to know more. And he remembers you from your vintage Key 103 years. That was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So Steve says, a couple of years ago, our daughter had just started dating a very nice chap from Belgium and it was his birthday. I sent her a message to the effect of, have sent Matthias a card in the post. We'll be down later with his prezi. But somehow, predictive texts morph this into, have sent Matthias' card in the post, will be down later with his prosy. <laughs> <laughs> it still gets a laugh and they are still together. <laughs> oh. <laughs> OK, and this is from Paul Newbegin. I've been quite nervous in sending this email as it seems my previous he was a bear story seems to have resonated with the fellow drifters. And so I have what could be likened to difficult second email fears. (laughs) Nevertheless, I thought I would share another story. About four and a bit years ago, I moved to Leeds. Well, they have no radio. (laughs) I I moved to Leeds to start a new job and a new life single for the first time in a while and in a new job and for some reason unlike me I was into my fitness so I was feeling quite confident. 
One day, getting back into the flat block I was renting, I got into one of the four lifts with a mother and a young child. I noticed the young boy had pressed the number for a floor I'd never used before. Doesn't sound much on the face of it, but when we got there, the doors opened up and rather than getting out, we were presented with a wooden barricade. It must have been a non-floor. And obviously, this young and now sniggering boy wasn't the first to discover it because someone had taken the time to graffiti a childish and somewhat basic drawing of some sort of spaceman character and append Don't Fear the Unknown underneath. (laughs) Over the next few months, I perfected calling this lift, which was the only one that could do this trip and could even make the lift hang there as a little trick on whatever mate would be coming up to the flat with me. (laughs) I took great joy in loudly proclaiming the mystery floor as the doors (laughs) would open and watch the hilarity and confusion ensue. I must caveat at this point that this was normally done to an old friend visiting me and and went half cut after a night out. As a golden rule, I would never instigate the mystery floor if a stranger was in the lift. A while later, I found myself on a second date with an online match. It had gone really well. We'd laughed all night and she clearly had a similar sense of humour. And to top it all off, she ended up coming back to my flat. Now, I wasn't intending to, but when my faithful lift friend came calling, (laughs) I thought, oh, this is a great chance to have a laugh. She will love this. Preoccupied by my upcoming hijinks, I hadn't picked up on her obvious discomfort of the enclosed lift. So when it opens and I make it hang, she immediately starts screaming and turns to bang on the wood before flying to hit the alarm. Luckily, I was standing by the buttons making it hang so I could stop her pressing the alarm. But as the lift door slowly closed and continued up, she shot me the most evil and hate-filled and confused look as if to say, Why? Why would you do this? To which I could only sheepishly reply, the mystery floor. (laughs) She took the stairs straight down and safe to say, I didn't see her again. Oh, God. I mean, she probably thought she'd been lured somewhere terrible. Poor girl. (laughs) But really, she should have enjoyed the mystery floor because who doesn't want to go to the mystery floor? We should do our show from, what's our show called? When we do a show somewhere. (laughs) What do we call it? A live show. A live when we do When we do our live show, can we do it in Leeds and go visit the mystery floor? I would love to. Did, yeah. have we got any? How long ago was that story? Is Paul still in that building, do we think? Oh, maybe he's moved on since then. Mm. Well, you know, I just don't want a repeat of when when we were doing the radio show, we took a coachload uh, of listeners to Macclesfield to see the hot brick yeah, of yeah. my youth and the hot brick was no longer hot. No, yeah, we could get there and the mystery floor was gone. Exactly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that's good, the mystery floor. Mm. So, please, uh, if, if you have a story to share then share it, even if it is your second one and you've got that difficult second story syndrome. (laughs) uh, You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Until we're all caught out pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously. Mm, It's quite apparent. Adrift. Annabelle, Mm. you've prepared a story. Yes. What's it about this week? It's ways in which I'm not a fully functioning adult, part 1B, laziness. <laughs> because I was too lazy last week to spend time condensing and refining all the ways that I was lazy mm. to tidily bring them all together. From memory, it was pretty much about how I can't bother to take the bins out. <laughs> That's what last week was, really. I'm also not sure if it should be 1B or 1A, because last week was just part one, because I was too lazy to think ahead about what, yes, would, yeah. what would be next. But I'll, I'll stick with 1B. It's fine, for yeah. Now. Yeah, okay. Um, something that's been bothering me for a while, and it's one of the things that I hate most about myself, is when I get something new, I always think to myself, 
this time it's going to be different. I'm going to keep this really nice. Like it's also something really boring. Like when I had to buy a new fridge, like I hate having to spend money on something so dull. But I'd say to myself, I am determined to keep this really nice and really clean. I'm absolutely once a week going to clean it top to bottom so it stays this nice and new and perfect. And within a month, like I'd done nothing. And now those salad drawers, you know, it's like the vegetables get together in the night and fight. They're all biting and scratching each other, leaving all these little bloody scraps of myself all over the drawer, all sodden because a cucumber died after getting pummeled into a sludgy mess. Do other people manage to do a weekly clean to avoid this? Do they actually take the vegetables out and wipe the drawers? Because this just feels like a massive hassle to me. So I don't know why I'm so optimistic that this time will be different like every time I get a new thing. Like I had to buy a new bin recently and I said to myself, I will definitely once a week give it a once over with some antibacterial wipes. I got some nice new white trainers. I will wipe them after everywhere. <laughs> of course I won't. Like I never do. My boyfriend is a video maker, as you know, and I saw him editing something that he'd filmed in someone's house and I commented that her house was really nice and he said, well, that's what decorating and DIY does. And I thought, oh, oh, right. Yeah, maybe I could do that. And when I first moved into my house, my flat, seven and a half years ago, it was a flat that had been done up up nicely, but not at all to my taste. And I was saying to a friend that I'd have to change everything. And she said, wouldn't it just be easier and cheaper just to change your taste? So I did. (laughs) And you know what? She was right. It was a lot easier and a lot cheaper. And it's amazing what you get used to. (laughs) (laughs) That is like laziness at a level that even I... Like, I, I'm, I'm in wonder. Yeah, yeah. I did do some decorating in my last flat. It was the last place, the, the first place that I'd lived alone in. So I had this burst of enthusiasm and I painted the hallway, probably because it was so small that you could touch all four walls just by stretching out your hands. So it wasn't any great feat. So I got it all done and I did it properly with masking tape and everything. And when I finished, I just could not be bothered to take the masking tape down. I can't even remember why, but it was all along the door frames to the bathroom and the living room and all along the skirting boards and all along the ceiling. And I just could not be bothered to remove it. It took me eight years and for my flat to go on the market for me to get around to pulling it off, which took about 20 minutes. If that, <laughs> what's wrong with me? I mean, it must have looked terrible, all that paint splatter tape. Eight years. The only thing that ever makes me feel better about my laziness is that we once did a phone in on laziness on the old radio show and someone said that they'd bought a new sofa but couldn't be bothered to find a way to get rid of the old one. So they, so they just tipped the old one on its side against the wall next to the new one and just left it there. I always think about that and it always makes me feel better. Even when I'm out and it's raining and I quite often get wet rather than go to the effort of getting my umbrella out of my bag, I just think about that sofa and I always feel better. Now that you're listening... It's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I'll tell you what I didn't mention last week is you you brought me my Christmas present. You did the old, uh, oh, I ordered it, but I don't think it's going to be here in time before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I said it hadn't, uh, no, I said I'd ordered it and it hasn't arrived. And as I said... But that's what we all say, isn't it? That's when we haven't remembered to get somebody a present. I've said it When somebody gets us a present and then we haven't got one for them, we say, oh, I've ordered yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I hope it's going to be here in time. Then you sort of get into this whole, I ordered it and they said it was going to be here and but then it's... mm, I knew you wouldn't believe me. Yeah, Yeah. But but anyway, so Mm. you brought it last week and it is a lovely it's a lovely present Mm. um it's a set of pencils and on each pencil 
is uh, a different Narina Palo song title. Mm. Or, or, or just lines from her songs. Lines from yeah, songs, yeah. I should say, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're, they're really lovely. I mean, you didn't sharpen them for me in advance, which I think is a bit like buying somebody a, a picture but not giving them a frame. <laughs> it did not occur to me. Right. Did you think, do you think we well, could have sharpened Did you honestly think that? Uh, yeah. it, I gave you a sharpener them? for last Christmas. Like, you could sharpen them yourself. That reminds me of, like, when you go to a cafe and you say, can I have a cup of tea, please? And they bring you a cup of boiling water, <laughs> a tea bag and a jug of milk. It's a- Look, you're only going to use one at a time. I didn't want the other ones to blunt in the meantime. I should have just sharpened one. Why do pencils do that? <laughs> what, blunt? Blunt in the meantime i don't mean the ones you're using right right, right. Yeah. anyways mm. um but the reason reason i mention this is mm. for a long time mm. we've talked about doing uh, adrift swag mm. and i think you could have hit on the thing that we should do we should do oh, adrift pencils with little quotes on them yeah like he was a bear yes I actually want to own those pencils right now. So maybe we could get in touch with Narina, yeah. who, by the way, if you don't know Narina's music, she's extremely talented. She's very good. Mm. And she also co-hosted one of the episodes yes, when you were on did. maternity leave, yeah. and she was very good on that too. Um, but yeah, we could get in touch and find out how you get customised pencils, because yeah, yeah. they are really a thing of great beauty. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, more news on that when we have it. How long uh... How long do you think it'll take? Do you think it'll ever happen? Or do you think we'll eventually do it in about a year's time? I'm going to give it six years. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it this week. Actually, for, for any listeners to our old radio show, uh, our old producer, Gareth, has, has come to visit today. Gareth, how are we getting on with sending that ice cream, <laughs> that ice cream into space? So I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, uh, so so that's that. We'll have, we'll, Annabelle's going to get on it this week, so you, you will update us on mm. it next week. I'm going to put it on my to-do list now. What else is on your to-do list, by the way? Oh, it's, it'd be very boring to you. Uh, I'm quite curious. No, no, it'd be very boring. It'd be very boring. Here we go. It's, it's very boring. Do you honestly want to hear? Yeah, it? yeah. Okay, damp specialist. <laughs> <laughs> you you having problems? <laughs> Yeah, as you know. Is it incontinence pants? No. Oh, right, right. Damp. Yes. Damp. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Savings Account. Charity Shop. Tom Life Insurance. Because I got panicky they die and I, I wouldn't have any money. Are you planning on murdering <laughs> no, them? No, 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 no. <laughs> eBay Shipping and Patreon. Now I'm going to add pencils. What was the one before pencils? eBay Shipping. And what was the one before that? Uh, Tom Life Insurance. What was the one after eBay Shipping? Patreon. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny you should mention. Oh that. right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, of course, we appreciate it enormously. Just a little bit every month helps us keep doing the podcast. And you get a title, which you is do. which is why it's on my list because I need to do the new titles. Oh, so yes. when when are you doing those? I'll be doing them. Hopefully this week I'll do a bunch of titles. So if some new people you decide actually New Year want yeah, to support the podcast a bit, yeah. I enjoy spending time with those guys every week. I'm going to uh, give them a couple of American dollars a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then they will get a title very quickly. Yes, yeah, a one time only, no wait time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's patreon.com stroke adrift. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. On Friday, Sarah said to me, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I said, what for? She said, oh, I, meet, uh, I missed your soberversary right, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I said, is soberversary a word? She says, well, I don't know what you call it really. But anyway, you, it's, it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's 18 years 
that you've gone without a drink yesterday. I said, yeah, that's right. And I hadn't really thought of it. And of course, she had no need to apologise. Anyway, so that the evening she goes out and I'm just thinking about it and reflecting on it. I think I might do a little tweet about it. And it ends up being this uh, uh, thread, as they call it, of tweets about giving up drinking just with some advice um, if if anybody thinks their relationship with alcohol is a bit off, I just sort of shared a few things that I've learned over those 18 years. Because you do get asked every now and again. Yeah, every now and again, somebody will email in or or, or whatever. And I'm not the best at checking the email inbox, but I do try and reply, you know, on the quarterly, on my quarterly visits into the Adrift email account. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I just thought I'd, I'd do a little... Threat, but it's not the type of thing I do on Twitter generally, mm-hmm. and I felt a bit self-conscious about it because it felt I, I don't know a bit earnest or sincere or, or, or whatever, which I, I don't do well with because I'm so emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I sort of typed it all out, I pressed send, and then I didn't think about it. I went away and watched a film, and then I looked at Twitter after the film had finished, and loads of people had replied to it. And then I went to bed. And again, unusually for me, I didn't look at Twitter for the first half of the next day. And by the time I looked at it, it had a thousand likes. And then by the next day, it had a couple of thousand likes. And I noticed that I got all these new followers. So about six or seven hundred new followers. Loads, wow. So here's my problem. Mm. I can't tweet now. I'm I'm paralysed. Because there's all these people who followed me oh. who were expecting some kind of wisdom. Right. And, and most of what I tweet about, like, uh, I was thinking about what I might tweet next. And the, 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 the only thing that really sprung to mind was the thing about my mother-in-law and tinfoil. Right, okay. Like, so just, so, so just as a little aside yeah, here, she yeah. came to stay recently. Yeah. And then after she'd gone, I went down into the kitchen. Yeah. And I noticed that from America, she brought like a huge box of tinfoil and a huge box of cling film as if she's visiting a third world country <laughs> where you can't just buy those things she brought tinfoil and cling and it's really in, in heavy it's really heavy this tinfoil especially it's such a big dispenser it's it's really heavy have you asked her why no i can't fathom out why she must think that you can't get it here i mean, she, I mean this is very typical of an american ethnocentric <laughs> mentality that they really do live in the greatest country in the world <laughs> and you can't buy things like tinfoil anywhere yeah, else you probably think it's that drug, go, what is this crazy thing? What do I do with I know, it? I know, I know, that instructions. I like you can't get it in every shop. Yeah. Um, anyway, so but but now I don't even want to tweet about that because I think all these people expecting me to come down with words of wisdom oh. on alcoholism, like Moses coming down from the mountain yeah, with yeah. wisdom on tablets. I mean, I just don't know what to do, and I may never tweet again because <laughs> of it. What should I do? I find out in this week's the incident. <laughs> For this one, I decided to talk to Bruce Daisley. Now, Bruce has been on the podcast before. He's got his own podcast about work culture. It's called Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat. And he has a book out this week. It's called The Joy of Work, 30 Ways to Fix Your Work Culture and Fall in Love with Your Job Again. And it's a brilliant book, full of smart ideas. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what has this got to do with Twitter? I'll tell you what it's got to do with Twitter. He is also vice president at Twitter. Yeah, and there's an interesting phenomenon there. I, I dropped you a retweet on that one and uh, because it just, I, I, I think I was out, it was an evening thing. I dropped you a retweet because it just felt so um, 
powerful and connecting and, and sort of sincere. But then I had this weird phenomenon where the retweet that I dropped, someone replied to it going, yeah, I've been dry for a year and a half. And I sort of felt like, I felt like you were in my car and I'd wound the window down and someone in the next car was sort of shouting advice over. And there's me sitting in the middle. I'm in the middle of those tweets. Should I say, well, I feel like I don't want to be part of this, this deep discussion. Yes. I mean, look, you know, uh, did you did you presumably after you do numbers like that you linked to your SoundCloud as your next tweet anyway? That's, no, I haven't that's... done a tweet since. So I did it and I <laughs> okay. sort of saw that it was going nuts. And I thought, unlike unlike the rest of my life where I'm looking at Twitter every 15 minutes, uh, uh, you know that that's the longest I ever go. I didn't look at the I didn't look at it for a day and a half, right? Because I was too freaked out and thinking, oh my God, people are going to want advice from me. They're going to think I've got some wisdom to impart when I've got nothing. (laughs) That was it. All all that I've got to say on that subject, all my experience can be expressed in those 12 tweets or whatever it was. Yeah, I think you need to do just a couple of testers, don't you? You just need to just put a couple of things out there, just, you know, gradually edging people. You know what will happen, though? You leave it too long. People will just see a tweet from you in a couple of weeks and go, who's this? Why did I follow this guy? (laughs) You know that thing. People often, you often see them. They at me. They say, Twitter's following accounts for me. I never followed these accounts. And it's that. You follow it in a a moment of of grateful optimism. You think, (laughs) right, I'm adding some intellect to my timeline. The next thing you know, someone's tweeting about some comedy performance on on ITV. (laughs) Because, I mean, the thing is, it is very addictive to have all these new followers. And part of me is thinking, should I rebrand as some kind of guru, self-help guru? Yeah, you've got a platform now. Yes. (laughs) So the normal one is that if someone's had, you know, one of those out of the blue, burn your phone, 100,000 retweets. They always link afterwards saying, hey, I mean, you know, the annoying ones, the ones who say, hey, yeah, this is good, but follow me on Instagram. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Be grateful to the hand that fed you. <laughs> but, uh, Do you or- think I should start making memes of myself? So photographs of me staring at a sunset with an inspirational quote <laughs> over the top. Or are there, are there other things that you could talk about? I gave up masturbation for a month. and Definitely not yeah. that, no. Right. No, I definitely didn't do that. Okay, so, so you're, <laughs> you're in a situation where maybe unreasonably people have, have, are now holding you in high esteem. Mm. And effectively, it's, the, it's that human situation where you know that every utterance that comes out of your mouth now is going to lead to disappointment. Yes, <laughs> which is how I mean I move through life like that anyway, but it's it's you know it's it's writ large with all these new followers. Yeah, this is where you sort of need a highlights reel. I think if you could get <laughs> if you could get the William Shatner story back out there, if you could, <laughs> if you could get you know maybe some just some of the funny clips from from your broadcasting history. <laughs> It's a it's a challenge. I'm not sure there's an easy solution to this one. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe yeah. the solution is that I need to give up masturbation for a month. I, I think a bit like sort of a, a divorced, uh, a newly divorced gentleman, you need to get back out there in the market. I think, you know, you hiding is probably the worst possible thing you can do because it's, it's going to become a bigger issue, isn't it? Get out there. Is there any way of capitalising on this as in monetizing it? 
Am I an influencer? I mean, Could I be an influencer now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you see there was an article a couple of weeks ago that influencers who want to make out they're bigger influencers, influencers than they are are starting to post things saying spawn and sponsored even though they're not sponsored. <laughs> so maybe maybe this is a good way to lose the uh, the, the wide-eyed optimists. The next thing you do is you, you tweet, just hanging here with my bottle of Beck's Blue, <laughs> hashtag yeah, spawn. Yeah, yeah. I could just <laughs> add that like, to the original thread. <laughs> people are like, oh, that was all a made-up prank. He's actually not giving up booze. That guy's just a marketer. And and then then I wouldn't have to then all these people would unfollow me and I wouldn't have to worry about yeah. them thinking what's he going to say next. To where you were? Okay, good. We've thrashed <laughs> it out. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's coming for you. Jeff Lloyd, Annabelle Port. Can you believe they just did that? Adrift. I just want to apologise because I think my bits of this week's podcast are a little bit uh, thin gruel, as they no. say. I don't think there's much there there. And part of the reason for that is nothing really has happened to me this week. That's fair enough. You can't make things happen. No. And, and, and you know, I, I, I feel that this is where I unload all my bad interactions. But I've not really been interacting with very many people this week. Um, and I've been... To, well, actually, I've, I've taken in a couple of cultural things. So the first is television. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a show on Netflix, and the third series has just come out. It's called Call My Agent. It's a French show. In France, it's called Dix Pourcent. And it's a drama, but it's with a light touch. It's not quite a comedy drama, but it's got some funny moments in it. Set in a French talent agency, which represents actors. So you're following these sort of hotshot agents uh, trying to deal with things. And there's cameos from really famous French actors, about two of whom I've heard of. But, okay. you know, uh, and, and I, I really like it. So I thought maybe I'd recommend that on this week's podcast. Okay. Then I remembered that I recommended the first series to somebody a while ago and they thought it was so terrible they couldn't believe that I'd suggested that they should watch it. And then how did that make you feel? Awful. Horrendous. And this is why I don't like recommending things to people Mm. because, you know, I I, I want either for people to think I have impeccable taste and I'm a great guy or I just want them to have no opinion on me of right, me at right, all. Right, right, right. You could recommend it with like, I don't know if you're like this because, you know, it's not for everybody, but so, yeah, you know, that's what I tend yeah. to do. Yeah. I mean, do you not think it's not for everybody is a bit of a loaded thing to say to somebody? Oh, you're like, you might not be good enough for it. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. probably, probably a, bit, bit, mm. you know, a bit above you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, re- I really enjoy it. I'll tell you what it is. There is a slightly kind of trashy component to it. If, if you imagine something like L.A. Law, mm. Uh, you 
know how that could have almost be a bit sort of soapy and silly at the same time. Right. As I mean. It's a it's a bit like that maybe. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch it, and then next week, if I enjoyed it, I'll say, "Oh, I watched it. I enjoyed it." And mm. if I didn't like it, I just won't mention. Great. it. Great. That that's what people should do. If you've recommended something, people shouldn't then say, "I didn't like that thing you recommended." No. In fact, these same people came up on a previous episode of the podcast mm. when they didn't like a restaurant I'd recommended. Oh dear. And let me tell you something. Subsequently, that restaurant got reviewed by proper food reviewers, <laughs> and and they all gave it a good review. Right. So which they suggests were that my recommendations are fine. It's their taste that's the problem. Yeah, your friends. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other cultural thing I did this week is in London at a place called Somerset House. They have an exhibition on of Charles Schultz's Peanuts, oh. and it is fantastic. I went with. Um, so one of my oldest and closest friends, Chris Marr, uh, who is getting married in a couple of weeks. So it's a bit like it was his stag do. Oh, just the two of us going around peanuts. the Charlie Brown exhibition. <laughs> I love that. Um, and and it's, it's so good. I mean, if you only really know about Peanuts from Snoopy hugging Woodstock on greetings cards, it's, it's so much more than that. And actually, I struggle to think of a more melancholy um, form of mass entertainment. It's, it's quite... I remember when I was a kid... I would have these Peanuts books and there was in one of them, like Charlie Brown is saying something like, I think I have an inferiority complex. And I went to my mum and, and that, that phrase just made me think, that's me, finally. I understand myself. I'd be about eight years old and go to my mum and saying, mum, I think I have an inferiority complex. And my mum said, don't be so silly, you don't. But it turns out I was right. But eight-year-olds right. saying that. But, I mean, but that, that's what Peanuts is in a way. It's the sort of eight-year-olds saying sort of very melancholy, mm. existential things. Um, and it is the, this beautiful exhibition, and it's you know, it, it it shows how this comic strip touched on all these different areas like fen- feminism and race issues and and stuff at the same time as being this really sort of mainstream thing that that everybody loved, and it's a beautiful exhibition, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I, I did as I was sort of go, moving through it, I thought Charlie Brown is perhaps the quintessential drifter. Oh, yes. all yes. the stuff that we talk about in this podcast Ooh. and all the things we feel neurotic about, it's it's all there in Charlie Brown. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of that before. So yeah. so that, that was my thought on it. There was one point. So when you go to an exhibition with somebody, answer me this. Do you feel the need to both go round at the same speed? No. So you sort of separate yeah. and then reconvene at various points. Yeah. Because I, I really wanted to read everything every every bit of information in this exhibition which often isn't the case with me um so so there's this one point where chris has sort of gone off ahead and then i'm reading about how charles schultz had no real artistic training apart from he did this one course uh where this one fine art course and it brought back this memory when i was a kid we used to have this book club at school where you, you know you could order a a different book every week and I ordered like a Peanuts compilation um, and it just flooded back the memories of learning. So I sidled up to Chris and I say, I, I, um, I remember having this book when I was a kid about his art course and it would show pictures of things he'd drawn. He'd draw everything three times and it was, and then I realised I'm not talking to Chris. Oh, oh But no. I'd got so far no. into the anecdote. Oh, oh, right. So you finished it off <laughs> yeah, to a stranger? Yeah, you didn't? Yeah. What did the stranger say? I mean, he just looked uncomfortable. I looked Sorry. uncomfortable and then oh. like I sidled back, I sort of sidled back off again. Oh. Oh. Yeah, not good. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. With you, which is saying something about you. Okay, I'm ready to get stuck in here mm. to 
the uh, the glap clinic quandary corner this is where if you have a social situation and you don't know what the behavioral rules are annabelle and i will tell you what those rules are okay so the first one like last week it touches on receiving christmas presents but mm-hmm. i feel that it's a different enough question to warrant its inclusion so it's from jules i just received a gift bag from a friend it was a bottle of gin with two personalized glasses for myself and my husband my glass has jules's gin large gin small gin engraved on it in massive letters My friend is so lovely. She works for a kids club and looks after my son, who is disabled. We always have a good chat and have things in common. We've never been out for the evening together, but I thought we knew each other really well. I now feel like a really terrible person because here's the problem. I'm not ungrateful, but the issue is I really absolutely hate gin and I now have my own personalised hideous gin glass. (laughs) I don't drink it. Never have. She is aware that I'm diabetic. Due to this, I decided to rarely drink so I can have my sugar allowance in food instead, i.e. chocolate. Plus, I usually drive to most places I go in case I need to go home at short notice if my son is ill. So again, I wouldn't be out drinking alcohol. My husband likes gin, so he's had a right result. But his present was the spouse add-on gift to mine. I just can't fathom it. We're Facebook friends and she's on there daily. There's even posts on there about how I have lost two stones since I cut out drinking. Another post with people commenting about how I rarely drink. If she was to have gone through my Facebook page to research which drinks I do actually like... There's a photo of me in a big sombrero drinking a rare birthday cocktail at the local Mexican restaurant. There's photos of me at meals with wine glasses on the table in front of me. And there's even a photo of me drinking a can of Malibu and Coke with the branding of the can (laughs) clearly visible. My Facebook page or posts have no mention of me liking gin, not one. In fact, there are no pictures anywhere in the history of the world of me drinking gin. I've only had it maybe three times in my 46 years on the planet. I cannot bear the taste of quinine, so I also hate tonic more than I hate gin. So you can see my predicament. I feel so crippingly bad that she spent quite a lot of money and time on a personalised item that will end up gathering dust in a cupboard for a while and then be binned. The dynamic of our friendship has now changed. I thought we knew each other quite well. Apparently we don't. I now feel awkward. Just to add, even if the glass had been engraved with the name of an alternative drink that I do like, such as port, rum or whiskey, the style is hideous and I will never use it. It has a fat stem and no base. So I now have to thank her for her lovely gift and hope my face doesn't give me away. I'm more upset at her not knowing me well than I am with the gift. I'm not a materialistic person. I don't need a gift other than her friendship and I wasn't expecting anything. I see her weekly and my son will be at this club for another four or five years. So I'm now in a similar situation to Jeff with the Indian sweets. If I tell her, thanks, it was great. I may end up with a bottle of gin every Christmas for the next few years and gin truffles, gin marmalade, maybe even a personalised gin T-shirt. At least <laughs> at least my husband would get the benefit. If I say, oh, thanks for the gift, I don't drink gin, but my husband really loved it, trying to let her know that it was lovely but not really my thing, it may sound a bit ungrateful. I think I may have to send her a short message of thanks by text or online so my face doesn't give me away. Then we can never mention it again. 
If the class hadn't been personalised, I could have at least donated it to a charity <laughs> shop and done something good with it. I feel awful. I am a disgusting human being who should drink gin. <laughs> W-W-T-A-T-D. What would the Adrift team do? Well, I think you've answered your own question. In the, uh, it was sort of the penultimate or sentence or there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. The text? Y- yeah. Does a text saying, thanks very much. Yeah, and then, you know, never mention it again. And, and I mean... The the thing is, like, unless you've lived a very different life to most people, most presents you get are awful. (laughs) Like, I am never, never, ever not grateful for the gesture of being given a gift. Mm -hmm. But as I've said before, like, having unwrapped it and looked at it, I I simultaneously want to convey gratitude and then just drop it into the bin. (laughs) Right. So, so she should I, just be used to this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's weird to buy somebody gin because I don't know if it, you're, you're the same as me, but I have a, the association of it being a really maudlin drink. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if things are going quite badly wrong. And I think if people like gin, you tend to know about it, a bit like Prosecco. Like if someone likes Prosecco, you know about it. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I feel like it's, you it know about it. It's part of somebody's personality. It does. I'm a gin yeah. drinker, I'm a Prosecco yeah. drinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, you, you can't do anything here. And, and if you do end up being bought gin related things for the rest of your life. That is just a cross everybody has to bear. Annabelle, you constantly bought Pig or John Travolta things. Oh, I do actually like You do, things. but I mean, you <laughs> do, I'm sure you don't like every gin, uh, every P- mm. John Travolta or Pig related thing that somebody buys for you. I think you. I tend to, but you know, <laughs> I might be unusual in that. I think her biggest issue, it's more that she feels that her friend doesn't know, she doesn't know her. I think that I think that's the problem that she's massive. The big issue she has is she can't feel like she can't be friends with her anymore. Do any of us really know any of us? <laughs> so true. I mean, you can know someone very intimately for 10 years and not know them one iota. So yeah, get, get used to it, Jules. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is from Grand Chief Lee. With the so-called posher places, i.e. the more hairdressing salons and the -the run-of-the-mill barber, the sort of place a male haircut is 30 plus pounds rather than, than less than a tenner at a barber, are you meant to tip or just get them a bottle of wine at Christmas? Also today, they had a junior staff member who I'd never seen before just washing your hair. Usually when I go, it's the actual stylists themselves. As they're probably on minimum wage, are you meant to tip them instead or as well? Grand Chiefly, Pompey. For Annabelle's reference, that is, in capitals, Portsmouth. My apologies. Well, it's better than me who thought it was Pompeii. True. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well... <sighs> I, I don't, I'm not sure of the answer to this. Well, my answer is always tip. Okay. But it depends. Like, the reason I'm tipping everybody all the time mm. is because I just want them to like me. Right, right. So, and I'm trying, it's a tip for me is a bribe. Okay. And and the thing I'm getting in return for the bribe is approval. And what are you giving the barber? Um, how much is the haircut? Say it's £30. I might give a fiver on a, on a £30 haircut. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Now, what becomes difficult is if they've had somebody else washing your hair. I agree. But and then what do you do then? How much do you give? How do you give it to them? Yeah, it's, the, I, it's, I it's how this. do you give it yeah. to them? This is this is the bit that I find the most difficult. Yes. I, I tend to not tip the, the person washing my hair unless they are really amazingly lovely, and that's ridiculous, isn't it? Like unless really, your hair is really clean. No, afterwards. no, I mean like they had they were really chatty and nice to me. They were so. Hang on, yeah. if they were chatty, you'd give them more money. Yeah, you wouldn't penalise yeah. them. For I know it. because I feel like oh, they made such an effort. They obviously right. really want the money off me. Right. I'll have to give it. Surely you should be gauging it on whether the temperature is just perfect. 
Mm. Like, yeah. Even if it's scalding your head, would you say oh, a bit cooler? Never. No, me either. I wouldn't say a word. Even if it was freezing, yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. a word, no. Because it's, I, I struggle to remember people's faces at the best of times. And mm. if it's been half an hour since somebody washed my hair, the chances of me being able to remember which one it was is very low. Should you, just a suggestion, mm. should you say you pay your money, you say, oh, and there's a fiver for yourself. Is that how you do it? That's yep, how yep, I do yep. it. Then do you go... Oh, and here's a pound for the. Could you pass this on to the person washing my hair? Is a pound enough? I think so. We're not made of money, are we? No. <laughs> I'll give them a fiver as well. Okay, but then a pound feels a bit scrawny. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we, should we agree that that's the rule? They should all play. The, yeah, I mean, I think the burden responsibility should be on the hairdressers. Mm. They should have a tin for the washers. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe we could maybe we could make that a social campaign. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have a campaign. That's ours. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, if you have a situation where you would like to know what the correct behaviour is, then you can uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, as I say, sorry for the th- thin gruel on my part this week. Um, the good news is, though, I'm going <laughs> I'm going on some intercity train journeys oh, yes. between now and the next podcast. So hopefully there will be some uncomfortable interactions just by dint of doing that. Uh, so, so, so there you go. Uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the instant. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and, uh, and made the little eye dents. Is that patronising to call them the little eye dents? No, okay. they are little. They are little, aren't they? Yeah, not <laughs> the sort quite of sweet, large. Yeah. Sweet little eye dents. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Patrick Gunning and Iwana Barbu set up the equipment, plugged everything in, checked it was running. Um, Carla Gowlett took photos. Kim Rainey did the artwork. Uh, if you would like to send in a story, we would love you to. Please send in your own story of social, un- socially uncomfortable interactions uh, or, or if you have a, a situation where you need to know the rules, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Anything else? Have we covered everything? We have, yes. uh, in, in which case, I, I don't know whether to, uh, to, um, to either uh, say hello to all our listeners in Leeds. <laughs> I'm sure there must be a big cluster of them because you can't pick yeah. up the radio in yeah, Leeds. Of course, yeah. Or um, just to double check with Gareth, can we get an update on the space ice cream this time next week? Yeah. <laughs> Adrift. Podication time then. And let me just type in my password on my computer so I can read it off the screen. Well, that was disturbing. It didn't need a password. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, Anybody sunny. can access yeah. my, uh, my my secrets. I don't really have, have very many secrets on my laptop. I don't think. I told you my wife has a Word document on the desktop called Passwords. Yeah, yeah. That's, um... For all her <laughs> online banking and, and everything. That's quite amazing. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Uh, okay, first one comes from Ben Brown, who says, Greetings, Jeff and Annabelle. Greetings. Greetings. I have much to say, but this urgent podication will be brief. 
I would like to predicate this to a one Sarah Barron. Oh. My wife. Yeah. What's going on with you two then, Ben? Yeah, suspicious. Uh, he says, I'm a big fan of Sarah, as I'm sure both of you t- you are too. Bit, bit broad for me, a lot of it. <laughs> Uh, I've loved to contribute uh, contributions to uh, any of the other shows, uh, any of the shows, I should say, uh, her appearances on other podcasts, but most of all, her fantastic books. I urge all drifters to seek them out. I've heard her compared to David Sedaris, and I completely agree. Jeff, um, please do more around the house so Sarah can write another one. I don't know. She's in no rush to write another book, I don't mm, think. Okay. She's enjoying, enjoying doing the stand up. Mm. Um, He adds, the reason this is an urgent podication is because I see Sarah has a run of shows at the Soho Theatre from the 22nd to the 26th of January. And as I know she hates you publicising her work, I want to do it for her. She can't stop me. I beg (laughs) any drifters that can make it go. And I know they'll have a fantastic time. Annabelle, can you please repeat those dates, he adds. 22nd to the 26th. Uh, that's all for out. All for now. Love to you all, children and dogs included. Well, Ben, that was a lovely thing to do. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, like I, I was thinking, is there a way that I could plug Sarah's dates for her? Mm. But she goes so mad at me if I, if I, if I um, do that because she thinks it looks like nepotism. Well, now you're innocent. Yeah, I, yeah. I retweeted something recently, and she told me I must never retweet anything about her ever again. Really? Yeah, because she thinks it looks bad. Which I think maybe it does. You know, if I saw somebody else, like, retweeting their wife's comedy all the time. I just think they're being supportive. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so she is on at the Soho Theatre in London next week. And I'm going to go a couple of times, I think. Are you? Yeah. I haven't told her that. Oh, it's a secret. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Front row, uh, sit in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to in case I get picked on. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's doing the Soho Theatre next week. It's the show that she was nominated for Best Newcomer at last year's Edinburgh Festival. And it's a really good show. And um, if you if you like stand-up comedy, I think you'll really like Sarah. It's I mean, brilliant. It's, I've seen it and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, she's a bit bawdy. But who doesn't like bawdy, right? <laughs> It could be a bit blue for some people. Well, if you're under eighteen, maybe. Yeah, but um, but anyway, so so that's that, and I think she's going to be doing a couple more dates that are due to demand. Mm. She's going to be doing a couple more later in the year. Uh, so that Ben, thank you for giving me an excuse to plug Sarah's dates. Mm. It is a great show, and um, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see you there if you're there on one of the nights that I'm I'm going to be there. You've already seen it, so you're not bothering. I've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times, <laughs> right, right. Um, and my boyfriend's going with his mum, so. That they're representing our household. That's going to be an uncomfortable dynamic. Why? Sitting with your mum listening to sexual stand-up comedy. Oh, they do all the time, they still. <laughs> Very weird. Right, and this other one comes from the wise regent, Tanchira. Mm. I think it's Tanchira. Tanchira? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, please, could you do a publication for Roxana? She is the first person I've recruited to listen to Adrift. We interacted with each other in a Facebook group for people in our industry. Um, it's a group for people like us to vent about clients and wages, etc. So it's kind of like a support group. I talked in the group about my anxiety and lack of self-esteem, and I recommended listening to podcasts like yours because it helps me calm down and feel less alone in my awkwardness. Roxana said she tried listening to Adrift and she liked it, so I would love for you to podicate an episode to her. Uh, 
This is also sort of a test to see if she's still listening. <laughs> Roxana, if you're listening, please either request a podication or share one of your stories. Thank you. Love, the wise region. Well, I don't know if, I think even with a lot of people who listen to the podcast, I don't know if they listen this to this much of it, mm. like right to the yeah. sort of bitter end. I'm trying here. to find excuses of Roxana, aren't you? So there we go. Uh, it's the latest edition of the podcast, podicated for from uh, Ben Brown to to Sarah, who shows her at the Soho Theatre next week, um, and from Wise Regent Tanchira to Roxana, and there will be another one along next week. And if you would like to have a podication for yourself, then email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did so.